Welcome back, wrestling fans, to the Mount Rushmore Wrestling Podcast. Uh, this is episode 63. We are recording on Wednesday evening before Dynamite. You'll be seeing this probably Thursday. Uh, we are here with another pay-per-view uh, prediction show. We have Fastlane coming up this Saturday um, on Peacock. We have a big uh, event for... For WWE, following a weekend of NXT and AEW. Uh, We'll talk about some other things going on in the NXT realm and the AEW realm and a little bit in the news. Uh, But gentlemen, how are we doing on this fine Wednesday evening? Doing very well. You know, we have another prediction show. I feel like the past few weeks have just been prediction shows, which are, you know, those are fun episodes. We (laughs) love those episodes because... You know, we're always outrageous with our picks and so different from one another. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for the episode. It's been a good week so far. Yep. Also excited for the prediction show. Um, I also want to point out that Monday Night Raw was very well planned out and everything. They're one of the better shows, I'd say, in the past like month, month and a half. Um, so I have the on this day today. We are going back to the inaugural um, Hell in a Cell pay-per-view from 2009. Uh, this is October 4th we are recording, so it was the first ever Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, 2009. The first match was on the pre-show, or the dark match. It was Matt Hardy defeating Mike Knox in six minutes. Our opening match, does anyone want to guess what the opening match of this pay-per-view was? It was the same person that was on the cover of this pay-per-view. Hell in a Cell 09. Now, if we're thinking year, that's 2009. If we're going by year. Was was main event Cena and Orton? No. I have no idea. Was it Edge? Was it Edge? No, I have no No. idea. So, the opening... Let me... me, I'll give Triple H. The opening match... Was the Undertaker defeating CM Punk oh, in a Hell in a Cell That was like match nine minutes for the World Heavyweight Championship. It was ten minutes and twenty-four yeah. seconds. The second match, which was longer, we had John Morrison defeating Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental Championship, fifteen minutes forty-one seconds. We had Mickey James defeating Alicia Fox for the Divas Championship, five minutes twenty seconds. Oh, boy. We had Jericho defeating Batista and Rey Mysterio for the Tag Team Championships, 13-41. We had Randy Orton defeating John Cena in a Hell in a Cell match, WWE Championship, 21-24. Sean, did you ask if that was the first match, or did you ask if it was on the card? I asked if it was on main Oh, no, it wasn't even main event either. Uh, but you were right that it was on the card, so I will give you that. So it was a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE Championship. 21-24. Uh, I was going to say, if those two were on the card, I'm like, that's a shitty pay-per-view. <laughs> Drew McIntyre defeated R-Truth in a singles match. Four minutes and 38 seconds. Somehow that got on the card. Kofi Kingston defeated Miz and Jack Swagger for a triple threat match for the United States Championship. That was seven minutes and 53 seconds. 
the main event was Degeneration X defeating Legacy. Oh, I remember that. In a Hell in a Cell match. 17 minutes and 54 seconds. That's actually not a I bad pay-per-view. Say, Some matches, you know, shouldn't have been on there, but add that to the not wheel. a bad pay-per-view. Yeah, 2009, the inaugural period. That would be a good idea. <clears throat> um, so interesting one there. Let's hop into the news. So a few things, and Sean wanted to talk a little bit about Raw. Uh, what I will say is... Uh, finally, we have a DIY reunion. We are back in, um, <laughs> it seemed to be an NXT black and gold heavy Monday Night Raw, which I was really excited about. Uh, but we have our final reunion. Johnny Gargano did not get a pop because people forgot how shitty his entrance music is now. And he came out to that music and I think that kind of hurt his reaction. But we have DIY back nonetheless, and I think it's going to be very, very exciting. I, like I think a lot of people, predict that hopefully if they do split the titles that they are the ones to potentially beat the Judgment Day or at least be feuding with them at that point. Um, So that was big from Raw as well. Um, Any reactions, Sean? I know you said it was a good Raw. Do you want to talk about anything specific? I would say the, the most vocal part of it was uh, Ciampa and Gunther with the contract sign, which ended up turning into a match as a main event. And I got to say, it had a lot of like NXT gold feel to that match just because of what Triple H like brought to the table during that time period, specifically around like 2019-ish. And Ciampa, you can make a case, is probably the best, like most exciting NXT champion of all time due to the fact of like storyline driven. Uh, but him and Gunther just put on an absolute clinic out there. Um, what more can you say? Gunther is just on top of the world right now. He's just been dominating everybody. And Ciampa, for anyone that didn't follow him, now you got to get a piece of what he's really all about. And now with Johnny Gargano returning um, is uh, with DIY and stuff like that, that's going to be a great duel together. And hopefully, I personally want to see them be the ones to dethrone Judgment Day, but we will see. Uh, but other than that, they had Judgment Day kind of Rhea Ripley leading the pack. Uh, kind of putting everybody on standby that, listen, this is a team of winners. And there are no leaders in this group. So, you know, if Dominic does not retain his North American championship or get it back, rather, then, you know, basically hinting that he's going to get kicked out. And then same thing with, like, Damian Priest. Finn Balor, unfortunately, was not in this segment, which I thought was pretty intriguing. But I feel like that's due to the fact that him and Priest have that tension. So the J.D. McDonough factor as well. That is very interesting. Um, also, Alpha Academy had a very good match with Imperium. I want to point that out. That was a pretty like decently timed match. Um, and then McIntyre and Miz. Uh, even though I'm not a fan of what Miz is doing right now, but I still got to give it to him that he can talk and it's entertaining with what he's doing. But more shades of what McIntyre is uh, deep in, into that heel turn. So overall, very good show. I agree. I think something that I would like to talk about as far as like NXT goes, get off of the raw topic for a few. Please do. NXT going head to head next week with AEW. They are bringing out the fucking star power for next week. Someone, someone (laughs) posted just, I just before I got on Chris, uh, someone posted and it said NXT next week. And it was the fucking poster for WrestleMania 39. (laughs) That's what it's going to feel like. I mean, we got John Cena in, Carmelo Hayes corner. We got Paul Heyman and Braun Breaker's corner. And Paul Heyman said, you know, Roman Reigns is allowing that to happen. So it, will Roman <laughs> Reigns show up? Who knows at this point? Cody Rhodes is going to be there. I still think 
probably probably for the Dusty Rhodes yeah, Classic. Is my yeah, guess. I It'll still think AEW will probably do better numbers, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Because, you know, Cody Rhodes' first time on NXT, John Cena's first time on NXT, Paul Heyman going there. It's going to be a great show. And honestly... I gotta say the pettiness is actually oh, it is. I, honestly, I'm probably gonna watch WWE <laughs> NXT and record AEW just because of yeah. I just want to see what they're doing with those guys down in NXT. But I think next week is gonna be an absolutely <laughs> great episode. And going off of what Sean said about what Rhea Ripley told Dominic, Dominic went down to NXT again and stole back that North American Championship. I feel bad for Spoiler Trick. Alert, you know, 24 hours as a champion days. or whatever, 72 hours. But, Disgusting. man, Dominic got it done again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's a great point to bring up. What I will say, AEW did not choose, I don't think, to be on Tuesday because uh, the MLB playoffs pushed them to a different day. My maybe they chose Tuesday because Thursday is competing with like a direct, like not a direct competitor, uh, someone that they align with and do business with in Impact. So I think that's why they chose NXT's day, which I think is honestly a mistake because you saw WWE's reaction. They said, "We're not fucking losing in the ratings. We're gonna throw John Cena, Cody Rhodes, and fucking Paul Heyman on NXT and see what happens." Also, Oscar is going to be who is she facing? Uh, Roxanne Perez, I believe, against Oscar is one of the matches that are on <laughs> NXT next Makes week. zero sense for what they're so, doing, but I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, a lot of people were complaining this week about everyone booing the shit out of Roxanne Perez in her promo, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. Don't get me wrong. I don't think she's a great talker, but uh, there's literally like 100 fans in there. Like, uh, You should be respecting these people. In terms of, uh, she's a face right now. So, uh, regardless or not, if she can talk, she's a pretty damn good wrestler. So, uh, people were losing their shit about that. I don't know why that was so prominent over the past couple, the past day or two on on Twitter. Uh, it was last night, but all today, that's all I saw. Uh, so that was interesting. But yeah, NXT is really bringing out the fucking shovel to try and shove AEW down in the ratings. We were going to see. Uh, how petty uh, if the pettiness does work out for them uh, next week. That should be very, very interesting. Yeah, and the AEW, and we're going to also see um, how much of a big ratings draw that Edge is for yep. AEW. Tonight, that will be, yeah. So we are like a half hour away from Edge's first time on AEW. I'm sure he'll probably lead off the show is my guess, uh, but we will see. Um, and I just to quickly comment about Dominic winning back the championship. If you're going to have him win it back, there's no point in having him lose it at the pay-per-view. Huge mistake, in my opinion, because what in the fuck was the point of that? Uh, So, and, you know, I think what they're going to say is that a little, like, uh, he denied Carmelo uh, being in his corner at ringside. So I think they'll kind of make something of that, that Carmelo would be like, well, if you had me there, you know, you wouldn't have lost. I think Trick will get upset. So I don't know. I Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Who knows? But uh, yeah, very disappointed that they, <laughs> they re-pulled the trigger on Dominic. But who the fuck knows what the hell they're doing? Um, anything else in the news that we want to bring up quickly? What I did hear about Jade Cargill uh, over the past couple of days is it seemingly that she is going to be on Raw in terms of which brand she's going to be in. So that's, you know, pretty solidified there. I also heard that she could be potentially at Fastlane this weekend. 
I don't necessarily know if she's going to debut, but I do think she's going to be involved backstage and at the show. So I don't know how long they're going to uh, wait to unveil her, but it seems like they're not going to waste any time. So we'll see about that one, too. <clears throat> the other big name uh, from AEW that I've heard a lot about the past couple of days, uh, and I read a lot of, someone had a quote today and it said, 75% chance that they come to WWE is Ricky Starks. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, and the seemingly big one that we've talked about is CM Punk. It seems to be very clearly coming back to WWE. So we are going to see how true this all is over the next couple months. But uh, exciting, exciting stuff. Does anyone else have anything that they want to bring up quickly? before we get into just, anything else. Just one thing. It's not really additional news, but kind of just piggybacking off of what we talked about with Edge. Um, kind of a question. What do you guys think is going to be a bigger ratings draw? Do you think Edge is going to break CM Punk, um, his first appearance back, or do you think it's going to be just kind of like neck and neck with the actual numbers? I don't know what they got. Did they get over? They probably got over a million, I'm guessing, for CM Punk's return. I believe they did, and uh, he debuted on, Ramp on uh, Rampage. Uh, I remember that. Um, I believe it was like a million or like right or around 1. that. 1.1 1 or 1, 1 million, yeah. Um, yeah, in that ballpark. I think they could get a million, but I'm not sure if they will. Yeah, it's it's tough. That's a tough one. Because I feel like, um, and also I feel like, um, I don't know what the card is right now, but I feel like Tony Khan's probably going to stack tonight's card up specifically to kind of beef up like uh, potential raids down the line. Because if you go all out, tonight with it they're gonna be like oh wow they're really like stacking they're not holding back and then hopefully potential weeks down the line they'll i was gonna say to they'll million, probably announce see. a lot of stuff for next week since nxt already did i have a feeling aw will yeah. come back and announce mm -hmm. some big matches for next week and next week that's what edge and luchasaurus is on tuesday right so that's already yeah. one match confirmed yep. so edge's first yep. match in aw that'll probably get some good ratings Depending when it is, if it's beginning at yeah, the end, definitely. it really depends because people might be going back and forth. Imagine they make a number one contenders match, Edge beats him, and then he faces Christian <laughs> in the main event that night. So the, what it says for the business on AEW tonight, it says Edge is kicking off the show. Uh, Adam's first piece in, of business in AEW saw him save Sting. Da, 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 da. What else is going on? So... Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega will team up at least one more time tonight against uh, Sammy Guevara and Takeshka. We have Ray Phoenix uh, defending his international championship against Nick Jackson. Um, That's so stupid. <laughs> Come yeah, on. They were both just in a tag team match at the pay-per-view. <laughs> What are yeah, we doing? Well, that's I'm what, with that's you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, we're also going to hear from Jay White and Juice Robinson. Uh, nice so I'm stuff. sure MJF will be involved with that. <laughs> Tofu. Eddie Kingston will have a. Eddie Kingston will have a promo, uh, maybe with Jay Lethal. Uh, Soraya will defend the gold next week on Title Tuesday against Hikaru Shida. That's really going to draw the numbers, obviously. <laughs> you know what? NXT is going to draw more, more ratings. I'll say that. God. Um... <laughs> yeah, NXT might uh, get the bag on this one. Yeah, I don't. 
other stuff, and then I don't know what else they're really looking into. So we'll see about uh, if it's title Tuesday. I'm sure they'll have a few more title matches. They'll probably have all so the titles change hands. Titles. TBA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be the Young Bucks and FTR and uh, whatever else they got going on. So they're gonna try and come back. I mean, it's tough to come back John Cena and Cody Rhodes, to be quite yeah. frank. Uh, so I think they're gonna have a little bit of a hard time, but we'll see. I wonder what Mo- wonder what Moxley's gonna be doing. Well, Moxley has to be on the cussed. show. Yeah, I did read quickly that it said, uh, "Is there an update?" He got fined too by by he got fined on uh, the commentary that he did the other night. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was also saying to someone else about the swear jar, but he was the one that was swearing on commentary. (laughs) Uh, So John Moxley's out with a concussion. Did some commentary. Will he be back in the broadcast booth tonight uh, until he's cleared to compete? So they think he might go back to broadcast. Oh God. Uh, so should be interesting He's better than Booker to T. see, nonetheless. He is better than Booker T, I'll say that. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we'll see what happens next week. We'll we'll kind of debrief on our second episode next week to uh, see what's going on, who won the uh, the ratings war between NXT and AEW next Tuesday. Um, let's shift gears. We will go to our fast lane predictions. So right now, as the card stands, there is only five matches on the card. Uh, we will go one through five as we normally do. We will give our description on what we think is going to happen and what we think the landscape is. Uh, one being the least confident, five being the most confident. Again, the update on the scores. I have eight wins, and then we have six apiece for both Chris and Sean. They both won one over the weekend, so they are closing the gap. Chris especially, I think he was like down by six, so... He is closing the gap fast, as usually what happens in these games. Um, So, uh, the first match we will talk about, uh, we will talk the Judgment Day defending their tag team championships against the (laughs) made team of Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso. Before we get into my actual prediction... Uh, I'm not a big fan of this match. Specific, listen, I like everyone involved. I just don't like that the tag team championships are defended to a tag team that is not a tag team. And they have no business even being on a tag team together because in my eyes, Cody Rhodes was in a very large feud with the, the bloodline. And just because Jey Uso is face now does not mean he gets to team with Cody Rhodes. But hey, Cody brought him over to the Raw roster, so I guess that's how they're playing it. So uh, I have Judgment Day retaining for three. They could very well have Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes win here. I, I am praying that that does not happen. Uh, but I do think there is a chance. That's why I wasn't as confident. So I had a three on this match. Uh, but I did pick the Judgment Day. I just don't see them losing right now, too. And I think a lot of this, what they're building up for is if they do do the five-on-five match at Survivor Series, whether it's War Games or not, they were going to have, in some way, it'll be Jey Uso against Jimmy Uso in War Games, or they're going to do Judgment Day against... You know, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and Cody Rhodes. It's going to be one of those two things. So it might not even be Uso versus Uso anymore. I'm not sure. 
But I think they're just building this shit up for Survivor Series. Yeah, I also have Judgment Day for three. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a clean victory. I feel like part of me wants to say, like, you know, Cody's the one who brought Jay to Raw. Cody's the one who's been trusting Jay. Does Jay accidentally maybe super kick Cody at some point in the match? And maybe mm. Cody starts to lose a little bit of trust and Jay has to make up for it. I just think something like that might happen, which might cost Cody and Jay the match. So that's why I went Judgment Day for three. But I mean, I'm also not confident. I mean, we only have five matches. So numbers one through five, there's yeah. not a lot to work with. Like, like I said, they could easily give the titles to Cody and Jay for whatever reason they want to. Uh, but I just don't see that happening. Judgment Day is going to retain for three. I have Priest and Bella for two. And this one, I just don't see how any scenario that Cody and Jay get the victory here. Considering it's a title match, like you said, Jeremy, it's a thrown-together tag team with two people that essentially should be enemies. If it was a title match. Judgment Day should continue looking as strong as they are. Rhea Ripley just talked to them about how Judgment Day needs to reunite, stay together, have all the titles. Dominic just won the North American title back. I don't see why you'd have Damian Priest and Finn Balor now lose um, the tag titles. And I do think there will be some foul play, but I'm thinking more of the lines of GD McDonough or Drew McIntyre probably screwing over. I'd say Jay specifically because Cody Rhodes, I don't know what the fuck to do with Cody Rhodes on weekly television, but I think with Jay and uh, McIntyre, there's already some like tension story with that direction. So I think they will have um, the JD McDonough um, or McIntyre factor in that one. So Priest and Balor for two. All right, Sean, we'll go to you again. The next match we'll talk about is a six-man tag team match. We have the LWO, Rey Mysterio, Santos, and either Joaquin Wild or Cruz del Toro uh, against Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. So I am taking the Street Profits and Lashley for four. I don't see why LWO needs this victory at all. It's kind of just like a SmackDown tag team where you throw them in there because they're viable opponents because they are very gifted in the ring. But the Street Profits and Lashley, when they establish this faction together, you got to figure that you got to get a momentum builder with these guys. And this is the perfect scenario to do this at um, a pay-per-view. So keep it short and sweet. Profits and Lashley Yeah, before. I went with Bobby and the Profits for two. Um the reason I put a low number on is because, I mean, anything can happen with the LWO, to be honest, because they're so over with the crowd for whatever reason. And um, But this is a big match for Bobby and the Profits. It's their first pay-per-view match together as a trio. So, I mean, I think that factor alone is going to have them win the match because I think this faction is going to be very good going into 2024. So, like Sean said, get them some momentum against, you know, a, another good faction as well, um, like the LWO. So I got Bobby and the Profits for two. I have Bobby and the Prophets for four. Hear me out, though, with this scenario. So what I thought was interesting is they didn't pick that third teammate of LWO. Hear me out what I think could happen. And may I would love for this to happen. The Prophets and Lashley beat up Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro before the match. And they need a third tag team member. And someone has been signed for many, many months and has not been a part of anything. And they've been waiting to pull him in. What if the third member is Carlito? Mm. And 
after the match, Carlito and Santos turn on Rey Mysterio. Mm. And then you have the heel faction of the LWO, led by either Carlito or Santos, and they're going after Rey Mysterio at that point. I thought that was a very interesting take that uh, this is it could be a position where you put Carlito in that he actually gets back. Uh, he's been signed for, I think, like four months now, so... Uh, but hasn't been that could happen. So I thought that was interesting, just something to throw in there. Uh, but I still think I still think the Lashley, uh, Lashley and the Prophets are winning because I don't see them losing their first match together uh, as as a trio. If they do, God help them. They're off to a great start. Um, the next match we will talk about is the women's championship match, which is a triple threat match. Uh, we have the champion EO Sky defending against Asuka and Charlotte Flair. Not to overcomplicate this, I think Asuka was added to this match for one reason and one reason only, and it's to take the pin uh, for EO Sky. So I think what's going to happen is if this was, if this was a one on one match, I would be very tempted to pick Charlotte. I did not do that because I don't think Charlotte wins a triple threat match. I think she wins the title in a one-on-one match at some point. So I have EO defeating Asuka in this match, pinning Asuka uh, to retain the championship. And I have EO for two in this match. I went with EO for one, but I always hate betting against Charlotte Flair because if she's in a match... (laughs) There's a very good chance she's going to walk out with that championship, but I completely agree with what you said. Asuka's going to be the one to take the pinfall. If it was one-on-one, I am putting a one on Charlotte, um, and I think you know they will do that one-on-one match eventually between the two, and Charlotte probably will take that title. Uh, but for now, I think EO is going to keep that championship for a little bit longer. Charlotte's not going to eat the pinfall, so it's not going to affect her. So EO for one. I'm with you both. I also have EO for one in. I put a one on because Charlotte Flair is in the match, and I am never confident on putting any number higher than a one on a Charlotte Flair match. Because I know that I'm going to get my heart um, broken eventually on one of these if I go high number. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty much with you guys. Oscar's going to take the pinfall. Um, EO just won the bell at uh, the cash in at SummerSlam. I don't see her as a transitional champion. She's way too talented, and there's already story with damage control as is. So I think she's going to hold the belt for a couple more months or so. And then they'll probably just do something with Bailey and Dakota Kai, kind of drop it that way. And then maybe we get another EO and Oscar match down the line at WrestleMania. Who knows? But um, I still have her retaining for the meantime. So EO for one. And Chris doesn't have to pick Oscar anymore, so he doesn't God. plan on it. Um, next match, Sean, we will go to back to you. We will do John Cena and LA Knight versus the Bloodline, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. So this match, I am going to take Cena and LA Knight for three. Now, there is no titles in this match at all. So that made me more confident that um, the faces are going to win this. Not necessarily because of the Cena factor, but more the L.A. Knight factor. L.A. Knight has, I came and described like the pop that he's getting like the rock level type pop. He's killing the merchandise game right now. He's on top of the world. So you got to keep him strong, have victories. I can even see L.A. Knight being the one to, I'm going to say it, I think very well. He could very well pin Solo Sokoa. Now, I may stick with Jimmy Uso that he's going to pin, but I would not be surprised if he were to pin Solo. 
Um, Cena being in the match obviously is going to be great. Cena will probably maybe get three, four minutes of actual in-ring time. Um, I don't think the match is going to be very long, but a fairly easy booking right here. Cena and I've only LA Knight seen it in LA Knight for four. I'm pretty confident on this one, even though it is hard to bet against the bloodline as well in these situations. But I'm with you. I think it's the LA Knight factor. I think if you know rumors have it that it's going to be LA Knight and Romans at some point for the championship, LA Knight has to get one over on the bloodline at some point. And I think this is the moment, especially with Cena by his side in a tag team match. So that's my basis for the pick. So I went with Cena and LA Knight for four. Yeah, I think the Rocket is firmly strapped to LA Knight at this point. When they told me that they were refunding tickets because people on SmackDown wouldn't see LA Knight because he had COVID, means that they obviously think very highly of him. And I don't think a loss here would help him at all. And he's teaming with John Cena. From that's all I really need to hear. I have John Cena and LA Knight for five. I think it would be very interesting if the Bloodline won here. I also don't know if AJ Styles is going to be involved or anyone else from the Bloodline is going to be involved. Or, you know, is Roman going to show up here at Fastlane and surprise everyone and, you know, cost Cena and LA Knight the match and then they figure it out that way? Maybe that's how LA Knight gets his match. Because Roman comes in and screws him. Is that going to happen? Maybe. So maybe I could lose my five here. But uh, I'm strapping the Rocket as WWE is right now to LA Knight. So I picked them for five. And then the final match is your main event of the evening. Uh, And I'm guessing they may end up adding one more match. I don't really know if they will, but maybe they will. Five just doesn't seem like a, a large number. Large enough number. Uh, but right now, the main event is set to be Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the last man standing match. One thing quickly, just before I make my prediction, what I will say, uh, this has been the best Shinsuke Nakamura has has been booked on the main roster uh, since his NXT days where he was a face. Uh, but him as a heel on this run has been extremely good. So... I still don't think he wins the championship, but I do hope that they continue a run of of promos like this and feuds like this for him so he's actually a little bit more credible even if he loses these matches. So he goes into another feud where maybe he wins that feud uh, with another face you could have him feud with, and I think that would be really, really important for him. But I actually did pick Seth Rollins here. I picked him for one because... For me, at this point, I think the closer we get to Mania, the more nervous I get about Seth Rollins. And if we get past Rumble, I'll be fine. As long as we get past Rumble, I think it's going to be him and Gunther. If we don't, then uh, I'm just going to weigh on the edge of caution. So I picked Rollins for one because I always think that if they took the title off him, maybe he could win it back in a couple months or they could just do something wild before... WrestleMania. So uh, I did pick Rollins, but I'm not as confident. I actually went with Rollins for five um, because I do think they're going to make it to WrestleMania him with the championship. Um, But I agree with you about Nakamura. This is the best he's been booked since he went to the main roster. And even honestly, 
he was booked very well in NXT, but I mean, this booking right now could be better than that. I love what they're doing with his promo work. I love the, you know, targeting Seth Rollins injured back. It makes it seem like a real life, you know, feud between these two, which I love. And I feel bad for Nakamura because with him, every time he's been booked correctly, it's like wrong place, wrong time. You're going up against the Brian Danielson. Yeah, you're going up against the wrong guy who's on fire, even though I think he should have beat AJ Styles at Mania 34. I think that was maybe his time since he just won the Royal Rumble. But he's going up against Seth Rollins, who, you know, has deserved a championship for a long time. They introduced this new world title basically for him, and they needed another championship on a brand. So I don't see him losing the last man standing match. And I think this match honestly probably will be the best match of the night. I think these two are going to put on a a show, and I think it's going to be better than their first match, which was also a very good match. So I'm sticking with Rollins for five. I'm with you, Chris. I have Seth Rollins for five as well. Um, I just think that looking at this entire build, which has been phenomenal, by the way, Shinsuke has dominated the entire build. He's attacked Seth nearly every single week. Seth has had barely any offense, if any. Um, So I just think that this is the time where Seth Rollins shines right now. And I think he's just barely going to scrape away with the belt. I think it's going to be very back and forth. I think Seth Rollins is going to be bleeding to the gills. I think this is going to be a very violent match. Um, and as far as Seth Rollins, I also agree with you guys. I think his only time where I thought that he was going to lose the championship was at SummerSlam to Finn Balor. I thought that was the last chance that he had where he could potentially lose. But since he did scrape away with that match, I think the rest of the way, he's just going to be on cruise control and get to WrestleMania and face Gunther. Um, with that being said, that's why I have Seth, um, going past Shinsuke. And then there's probably going to be another number one contender down the line after that. I think Seth beats him two times in a row, and then they probably just go to a new feud after that. It'll be interesting if they add any more matches, but how are we feeling with a five-match match card? I think there needs to be one or two. I, I think there do not like it whatsoever. Um, I think per pay-per-view, you got to have at least seven mm-hmm. matches. Five is very NXT black and gold, which we know Triple H loves that because they stuck with five matches. Even then, I think it was like six. No? What would you say? Even then, maybe even it was like then, six. yeah, I think there might have been six matches most of the time. So, I mean, what's a match that we think they could add though? Maybe a um, a random Gunther match. Maybe Chumba asked for a rematch. Or they could do DIY versus Imperium. They could a woman's. They match. could do a woman's match or DIY Imperium, which would be pretty cool. But I mean. Speaking of that, uh, with the woman, can we talk about why Rhea Ripley is not? active with that women's title wrong place wrong time <laughs> they they defended they defended a couple times on raw as well because i i feel like um in order for that woman's division to flourish they got to start building up some of these women now i don't necessarily think they obviously you have to have someone like a cancel ray to beat rhea ripley but you got to give them something got to build i think and going back to the men i feel like they did a poor job at johnny gargano I felt poor. I honestly, he came out to help Chapo, and it was a very lukewarm reaction from the crowd. Needs to change back his like, theme song. That's what they really need to do. That too. That too. And also, I think, and this isn't Triple H's fault. I think it's more Vince McMahon just not believing in like the former NXT guys, where he could have done a better job to like just listen to his son-in-law because he knows the wrestling business now. And Johnny Gargano, they messed him up like ahead of time, like before they had him in like. Um, build ups with um, 
you know, what's his, uh, what's his face? Mm-hmm. Um, Dexter Loomis, yep. they had him as like a sidekick to that. A few to they were, Maze, they were getting there him. with him, though, I will say. Remember when he was in the Elimination Chamber, yeah. like, right before he got hurt, he was in that match, which is a very high-profile match for him to be in. So I think... Which that match is phenomenal, was, by the way. Spectacular. I think over time, they will get back to him. Like, with DIY, I think... I think what Triple H really wants to do, to be quite frank, is run the DIY angle for like a year, maybe a year and a half, and maybe it's not that long. And then I think he wants Champa to turn on him again in the main on the main roster. I think that's what I'm they all want for to that. do. It worked the first time in NXT. Why not bring it to I the think main it roster? Would work on the main roster as well, <laughs> to be fair. But uh, but yeah, to answer your question, Jeremy, I think they could probably see do like a DIY type match. Um, I'd love, maybe I'd last love to see them add DIY to a match. That would be. That would be great. DIY and Imperium, I think, would um, be a very good match for this pay per view. Yeah, it, you got to have at least one more. At least one more. Five. You're telling me what? You're going to have like five 25 to 30 minutes? Because then if, if like, DIY wins, then you can still play the angle where maybe Champa gets a rematch against Gunther one more time on Raw. Correct. Yep. I just don't understand why Triple H has a love fest for all these short matches. Like, there's a whole like roster full of talented individuals that you're leaving off the card. Yeah, I think he always tries. Need that middle ground between um, AEW with the fourteen matches and then what they're doing. I think sub and eight matches is a good sweet spot. Maybe even nine. I personally like um, eight to nine matches, but yeah, five is just too five small. Is too- We'll see. Exactly. We'll kind of see how it unfolds. And, uh, you know, we'll see how we do this weekend. Uh, hopefully I can get back in the winner's circle. <laughs> I haven't had a little win here in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we'll see about Fastlane. And then what I think will happen next week, we'll do our Fastlane debrief. We will probably pick out our October Classic Pay-Per-View review at some point um, in the next week. And then maybe next week we'll do some other either trivia or some something on that realm. Like, we'll do another themed episode. So be on the lookout for that as well. So I think we're going to end here, end a, kind of a shorter episode, but uh, we definitely wanted to get this one out for you, and we'll uh, look forward to watching Fastlane this weekend. Um, again, thank you for all the support. We're still getting tons of numbers in for people listening, so we really appreciate it. We really appreciate you all, and uh, we hope you all have a good weekend and enjoy Fastlane. 